whenever you are having a recurring issue with guests, it's easy to think that it's their fault because you might just think, oh, it's common sense or like, oh, we communicated it to you. So why aren't you listening? But whenever it's happening over and over, it's actually on you to fix it. What is up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to the Valor Coffee Podcast. That's right. I said the Valor Coffee Podcast because we are putting the Coffee Sometimes name to rest. When we started Coffee Sometimes, we really started it as a podcast to talk about whatever we wanted to as three owners of a coffee shop. But as we have progressed, our heart for this show has really been to help cafe owners, baristas, home brewers in their pursuit of coffee. So here we are, the Valor Coffee Podcast. On today's episode, we did not have a coffee review segment because our EK is broken. The sheer plate broke. It happens. So we just sipped on our new Columbia Jair Ordur. It's an excellent washed Colombian available at the link in our bio if you want to try it yourself. But from there, we answered a question about catering packages to start the episode, how we price our packages, how we've gone about that in the past and where we are today. But then we jumped into the entree, which was five ways to crush your next rush. We gave some practical ways of how we have gone through trial by fire of getting in the weeds with a lot of drinks and how to get out of that. And we even throw in a bonus tip at the end. But on the next episode, we are going to have an updated version of our cart masterclass. We know that's how a lot of you have found this podcast. It's our most listened to episode ever. A lot of it is out of date at this point. So we want to update it, give you some new tips. We've built an entire new cart since then. So if you have questions pertaining to starting a coffee cart business or how to build it out, anything of those sorts, send them our way before next week's episode. If you're listening to this in the future, it's already happened, but you can still send the question anyways. We're going to incorporate a question and answer segment into every single episode going forward. So if you want to send your questions, you can email them to info at valor.coffee or you can shoot them to us in an Instagram direct message to our Instagram account, which is now Valor Coffee Pod, not like a Keurig pod, like a podcast. Hello. But if you enjoy this, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, like the video, and if you're listening as a podcast, go ahead and review it on your podcast platform of choice. Visit that Instagram, share one of our reels on your stories, help us grow this. We really love doing it and we want to continue to do so. Last thing I'll say, we are launching a community. It's going to be full of videos, courses, spreadsheets on anything you could imagine in coffee, whether it's barista mechanics or bookkeeping, sharing our spreadsheet for how we come up with our catering packages that you can use. We aren't quite there yet. We are working on a ton of material for it. So we have a link to a landing page in the bio or description of wherever you're listening. Click on there, put your email in, and we will email you updates as we get closer to that launch. And we'll even give you a special discounted offer for how to join. But that does it for my rambling. Let's get into the show. No coffee review segment today, boys. No no sender, uh, well, sender, but our EK is broken. And we got to give everyone the fair shot, the fair coffee review. Right. That's right. Shot. Smash like if your sheer plate has ever broken. Yeah. On your EK 43. I know you're out there. How many listeners' sheer p- plates do you think have broken? Four to 12. Well, we can Four count 12. how many people like the video. True. 
We'll, we'll just know if you like the video, then your shear plate. plate. If your shear plate has not broken, don't like the video. Comment. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is our, our one of our newer coffees, right? Washed Columbia. What's the lowdown on this coffee? <sighs> Jair or Dare or Door. Or Door. Is that how you'd say it? Or Door. It's a tough. It's Jair a tough or Door. Washed. Washed Colombian. Uh, man, you know I like it. You know I like this. You like it, the Colombian. What do you like about it? I like the subtlety of fantastic flavor. The subtlety of fantastic <clears throat> flavor with Riley Westbrook <laughs> coming to a Barnes and Noble or Books a Million near you. Ooh, I'm trying to remember what the bag notes are. I think plum was one of them. Plum's a pretty common one on washed Colombians for us. I feel like. Yeah, is a plum a stone fruit? I know apricot. I think it is. Sure. It is. I don't think we've ever put stone fruit as a note. Well, you got to pick your stone fruit. I think there's also a fruit called stone fruit. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so... Can we edit that part out where I said you have to pick a stone fruit? (laughs) Maybe what I meant was like a region. Where is your stone fruit being sourced? Mm. That is maybe what you meant, yeah. But this coffee is awesome, um, and I'm grateful just to sit around a table and drink it with you guys. Yeah. And hey, if you're at home, maybe, maybe grab a cuppa and sit at a table and let's let's start the show. Yeah, make sure to grab a cuppa. Hey, congrats on MVP this morning. Yeah, I don't know. Is it in the shot? All right, go wide frame, Riley. Good. Okay. Oh, it's just right there in the wide frame <laughs> right shot. There. Nice. Ross usually wins MVP in our Frisbee League, and he's too much of a humble beast to, to bring it to work with him. But, but you're not. <laughs> I, you know, you, you got to just celebrate the little wins in life. You yeah, know, I've had a lot of stuff going wrong, <laughs> so I gotta I gotta celebrate getting MVP. I don't know, man. I just, I'm just usually not the one to take the top off the defense, but you were lights out out there. I, I just I, I was, was proud of you. Thank you. Um, Inspiring. I think we can kind of hang out here for the rest of the show and just talk about the play. Yeah, like a press strategy. conference. Yeah, me too. Or or we could take some questions. Or we could take some questions and give some answers. If, I like it if they're lucky. Yes. So. We had a long email last time, and I was able to answer like half of it, but all the questions were awesome. So we're going to answer the other half. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, We're going to start here. Pricing and packages for events. Pricing and packaging for packages. Okay. Packagings. Yeah, and I think we said it at the beginning, but next week is a very special week. (gasps) on the Valor Coffee podcast, on the program. Uh, Our claim to fame on this podcast was the video, the video cast that we made, when was that? I think that was like a year ago, probably. At least. Um, Everything we know about starting a coffee cart in 2022 at the time or whatever. But there, I was actually re-listening to that podcast because so many people reference it and they're like yeah you talked about this thing i'm like i need to brush up on what we actually talked about there are some things that are out of date Mm. and so uh we're gonna next week on the program we are going to to do a a even more in-depth even more dialed in updated better uh, better other adjectives uh coffee cart master class so one of the best ways we can make content for that is your questions. And I know a lot of you are starting coffee carts or wanting to start coffee carts or have been running coffee carts. So if you have any questions that you'd like for us to address, we would love to address them. 
Um, but we already have some here, right? For this week, pricing and packages for events. Yes. Wow. Man, we have tried so many different configurations. The, the question, sorry, it was what kind of packages does Valor offer? Oh, amazing. But continue. Well, I think it's, I, th- I think it's helpful to provide the context. Can you guys remember six, seven, five years ago? Uh, what was our pricing structure? Did we just do it per hour? I think were we doing three hundred an hour? I think it was something like three hundred an hour, which and we is would take one hour wild. Gigs. Yeah, oops. And it was unlimited service for an hour, so you can either price it hourly, you can price it per head. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know. Uh, when, whenever a restaurant might cater an event, they would probably price it per head because they're. Expected to feed everyone. Yes, and they it's usually self serve. Yeah. Or it's you know, it's based on how many people are there. Whereas for us and maybe for like an open bar or at a at a wedding with alcohol, um it's just based on how long you're there because people can get unlimited drinks. And Lord knows they do. <laughs> um All right now. But yes, we we would do it by the hour, we would factor in distance. But we didn't have packages back in the day, right? And it was just kind of like you get the cart, the With full, all the bells and whistles, the full thing. And actually, last week, Riley and I spent a long time, but it was good. It was good. It, good work. It wasn't a long time, proportionately to how much BS oh. we've dealt with with this yeah. in the past. Is like, why didn't we just do this sooner? And, and things like that happen all the time. They really business. do. You're just like, we've been talking about this problem. I think there was another one yesterday. I don't even remember what it was. We've been talking about this problem for a long time. Maybe we should address it. It was us learning how to use camera equipment. <laughs> yes. And that, that is uh, just a quick aside. In business, your time is the most valuable thing you have. Mm-hmm. So the point you're making is like, if you focus your time towards one thing and you give it the time that it deserves, you, you'll make progress. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we did. Um, so we, and re- Ethan, this is me updating you on our, our new packages. So listen up. Um, well, at, live reaction per last week. If I don't agree. <gasps> yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> let's hash it out right now Shut on this, this company down. This is the, uh, the manifestation of our operating agreement here. Um, I'm joking. So two, two packages, there's two packages. And we took one away because oh. what we have been doing is when somebody sends an inquiry for our cart, they get the option of a self-serve station, which is usually around three to six to seven hundred dollars, depending on uh, what, what all the, the details like are going in and dropping off batches yeah. of coffee and cold brew. Yes. And that would be price per head because it's it's just we brew the coffee and then we leave it and then people self-serve like a restaurant. Yeah, similar to what we were saying earlier. So, um, <laughs> self self serve station, and we we just nixed that because nobody was booking it. What is that? Okay, I mean that was my you? favorite package. Okay, Aww. all right, keep going. So there's there's two packages. The first package is I don't think we have names for them yet. It's called basic. Basic, but I feel like basic oh, has like a ooh. negative connotation oh. to it. What about swagtastic? Full that, service cart package. Full service, sure, something like that. All the bells and whistles. So, well, that would be the other package. (laughs) So, uh, you get 
espresso, cappuccino, latte, iced latte, macchiato, three three flavors. Actually, we might four, do four, four flavors, four, yeah. which so that everyone knows, since we just tell everybody everything: lavender, vanilla, caramel, mm-hmm. cardamom, mocha, mocha seasonal, seasonal, which right now is fall spice. spice. Yeah. Okay. Jocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you get that. You get drip coffee. So we'll pre-brew coffee here on a, our brewer. Or last event, we uh, we used our dual head Curtis at our cafe. Did that go well? Oh yeah. Did you did you just rip two? Yeah, and then I was rip on two time. more. I was there. So you you ripped two at a time. Yeah. And then- so I got there on time, and then I started two batches as soon as I walked in the door. And and after was, I made myself a peppermint tea. It tastes awesome. Yeah, the peppermint tea, it was really good. I was eating cereal at my house. Ethan, watching Ethan was, was eating cereal and eggs, <laughs> watching uh, the highlight from the previous Monday night Jets football and Chiefs, game. I was curious. Game. Okay, anyways. So, <coughs> where, where was I? Someone okay, so you, you, get, you get batch brew with that package. You also get loose leaf tea. So, we just have like black, green, and then a herbal tea. Sorry, herbal tea. Uh, and it's not even a tea. and <laughs> we herbal, used herbal. to have <laughs> the matcha package as an itemized add-on, but we just we're just gonna throw it in the main package. Ethan, is that are we cool there? Matcha is essential. Um, it is. So and and plus it's just it's, it's high a, perceived value and it's really easy to make. Yeah, it's like st- stupid easy. Did it's, you say cold brew? I I haven't yet. Oh, we're so you gonna get to it. I was totally going to say it. Yeah, cold brew. Okay, as well. Um, and I think. I think that's it. And what we did at our last event. Yes. And but last hot chocolate. I did not say hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Did you say vanilla steamer? uh, There's a lot of different things you you could make. Every drink someone could. Okay, so you get a triple shot caramel latte or a (laughs) quad. (laughs) Anyways, so last event was a little different because we also had a self serve station. So. I'm going to review this in a second because I'm kind of talking in circles, but we took away self-serve station as its own package, but you can add it as an add-on to our main two packages. Does that make sense, Ethan? So um, that that's a little caveat. The second package, let's call this one diamond, yeah. platinum, <laughs> yes. premium. Uh, that is club member. The, the Everything you get in the first package plus we'll bring our kegerator. So we have a, thing? a single bay keg raider. We're it, gonna. It works. It does work, <laughs> and it, there's nothing wrong with it. So we just need to clean it. Ask us in two weeks. So we're gonna bring that. You get uh, nitro, and you get a nitro oat lav latte. And we probably just put the cold brew in that. Possibly, or we would just keep it in the Cambro and just I think we probably don't, so that we can it. have a back stock of nitro kegs. Yeah, we'll probably do that, Ethan. So I um, fit the tank inside. Of I'm the- shrinking down. <laughs> yeah, and you got to fit that nitro tank in there. So th- those are the two packages. And one thing we're really going along on this question, but I think it's helpful. We have always struggled to give quotes and estimates. And the only system we've had is just somebody sends in an inquiry and then I just think about it and then and it's I'm, it's fair pricing like you're judging all your costs. Yeah, and every event will come with different costs. Yeah, distance distance, distance just kidding. how many people are there staffing. Um, yeah, and then how many baristas we need to bring because in the early days it was just we were the only people doing it. So and we didn't pay ourselves ever. 
So it was just like, we'll just all come if we can. But now we are really trying to step into a more systematized, you know, longer game in view approach. Mm. And with that said, uh, we're trying to hire a catering manager. <gasps> so once again, podcast. when you listen to this podcast, ask us in a month if we did it. But uh, <laughs> if any of you live in Georgia or want to move here, hello, hello, uh, stay at Ross's house. Yeah, you, I, I got plenty. There's plenty of hotels in Dawsonville <laughs> that you could stay at. There's um, two. <laughs> two to three. Anyways, we made a spreadsheet. There it is. With uh, you, you plug in. What, what are the different things you can plug in here? All right. So you start with the guest count. Again, the package itself isn't based on guest count. Yes, I like this. But yeah, go ahead. Say you it. put it anyway so that you can visualize it. And there are some things like the self serve station add on that would go off of guest count. Yep. So you put in the guest count at top, uh, and then you select your package. We have two packages, like Ross was saying. In here, okay, it's just in here. Go with me. The first package without the kegerator is called basic. <sighs> the package with the kegerator is called premium. No, it's called plus. There's a lot of different words you can use. All right. Dude, what's the premium package then? That one's plus. Stop. Forget about it. It's nothing. It's nothing. Stay dreaming. Basic is $1,000. Are we going this far? You just, just did. did. <laughs> All right. Basic is $1,000. Plus is $1,500. For one hour of service. All right. So if you go with more hours of service, each additional hour is $250 per hour. So you have a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Or like, well, I, the ceiling can get as big as you want. So the point being, we like to communicate with whoever is booking an event. So if it's a wedding and someone someone doesn't really know and they send us like 50 people and they want three hours of service, we're usually transparent and we're like, we'll do that. But we can serve all those people in an hour, easy. Mm-hmm. Hours are minimum. So we're, we usually point them towards like, let's do an hour of service to save you the money. Uh, because if, you know, they would be, again, we don't base it off of people uh, and heads, we base it off of duration, you know, duration of the event. So... Um, You're paying for the vibe, though. Yes. In here, you put in which package. There's a toggle menu. You select, changes the price of the package, and then hours of service. You put in the hours of service. (laughs) If it's over an hour, it calculates based off of $250 an hour. Uh, And then, I mean, that will get you a base quote, I would say. I would call it the base quote. And then everything else from there is add-ons. So we will serve pastries, for four fifty per head, if you want us to bring pastries, they're usually mini pastries, so we will bring like more than enough for everyone to have one. I thought it was bite. three per head, bro. No, it's uh, we remember it's th- it's because we don't just bring one pastry per person. We bring uh, more than that. Yep. Keep Sorry up, about bro. that. Sorry about that. Keep That's up. okay. And then there is a self serve station option at which we charge two dollars per head. Mm. Which is a low, low per head, but again, it's on top of a base rate where we are already making money. And the pro, just a little, little commercial there, I'll put in there. Uh, this last event that we did was a high guest count in a small amount of time from the customer's point of view. 
And so they were like, we want to add a self-serve station to take, you know, to provide relief for the cart. So yeah. the line is not as crazy. Do you think that worked well? Did you see like did you guys see how much coffee was in the Cambro from this from the self-serve station? I'd say a decent amount. I would say we, there's probably less coffee in the one behind the the cart. Yeah. Like we served more drip from the cart than the self-serve station. And right? I yeah, Which and I, I think that was just like maybe if if it would have been more pointed like hey, if you want regular mm-hmm. coffee, go over there. That's Valor as well. Right. It could have meant and maybe we should do that. Uh, yeah. help with that direction. Well, his verbiage was good. Like if somebody got a drip you were like, and if you want more, then go over there. Right, Ethan? You oh, said it just like that. Thank you. And I think yeah. people dug that. Um, Except one guy. I was getting it, and I was like, hey, if you want more, there's more over there. And he went over there. Ooh, like, wait, wait, I have your coffee. And then I drank the coffee. He drank it really but fast. But then I put it on top of the cooler, the cooler and mm-hmm. Ross got mad. I didn't get mad. I Dude, just... Ross got mad like the whole time. I know. Guys, there wasn't. I wasn't writing names because it was so easy. But he he was having such a hard time that he couldn't keep up. He couldn't wrap his head around it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Back to this. So you can select yes or no on the self serve station. If you select yes, then it calculates off the guest count that you put up top. This guy knows how to make a spreadsheet. Then there is an additional barista charge. Ooh. How many baristas would you like at your event? The additional barista charge is based on the guest count. It is based on the guest count and the hours of service. So if someone was just like, you have to serve 300 people in 30 minutes, in, in one hour, we would just have to be like, okay, we need three people for this. Right. You know, maybe one person to man the self-serve station if they added that. So it's up to our discretion on whether we add that. And if we do, it is 150 an hour for an additional barista. Yep. And this is why it's important for us to get on the phone with the people that send quotes because if you just go based off of the data they give you alone, you kind of miss the big picture sometimes. For example, in the case that you just laid out, somebody wants us to serve as many people as possible in an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Let's Mm -hmm. do the self-serve station. Let's bring an additional barista. Heck, let's maybe hit up one of our cart wholesale partners around town here and, and hire them as well. But sometimes we are one part of the event among many different vendors Mm -hmm. or caterers. And so, sure, it's 300 people for one hour, but we're not trying to serve all those people because there's these different caterers there. So that would be an example of it's a lot of people in a short amount of time, but they don't want to self-serve or uh, an additional barista. Yeah. Uh, And then lastly... uh, uh, I'll say on this, 150 an hour might sound expensive, but we are that 150 is only based on the hours of service, and we right. have to also pay the barista for getting ready at HQ, travel, uh, coming back to HQ afterwards, and unloading the stuff. And we pay extremely well for these events, like crazy good. Like kind of raise your expectations. It honestly, kind of is crazy good. Yeah, uh, but the last thing, distance. <sighs> Distance from our headquarters in minutes. If it's over one way, one way. if it's over a 30 minute drive, uh, then the additional time it takes for us to get there uh, is charged at, I think it was like $2, $2.50 uh, per minute of that extra drive, um, which comes out to pretty fair, you know, distance. 
charge. Like, I think we were quoting something in, like, basically in Rome, Georgia, in this, the last time I edited this, and it was 80 minutes one way from HQ. Uh, So 160-minute drive in total, Mm -hmm. and it was going to be a $250 distance charge, which is pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, Again, we have to pay whoever is driving that way. We have to pay for gas and wear and tear and... All the people in the car were paying for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of does it. Um, but I think me and Ross just threw a bunch of scenarios at this spreadsheet, and they all the prices always kind of worked out to be. They were all like what I would quote just from my brain. Yeah, which was cool. So cool thing about the spreadsheet is that it's going to be available in our community that we're building. Uh, so you'll be able to take this and you could tweak it if you wanted to if you have basic Excel knowledge which heck the community will probably also teach you basic Excel knowledge in the future it's helped us a lot yeah so uh, if you want to sign up for news about when we're releasing this then you can do so at the landing page in the description (laughs) also that I've totally created already oh yeah it's there if you want the community to be taking place on Minecraft, <laughs> comment below. <laughs> How funny would that be? If can you? I mean, it's, Minecraft's pretty complex. Oh, it's, you know that? Okay, this is deep. Take Go there. there. Go there. I don't know the intricacies of this. I'm sure Colson could comment and let us know. But <laughs> Colson, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you play Minecraft. <laughs> uh, you can build a computer on Minecraft that functions within the game and then you can play a game on the computer. That is... That hurts my head. That's meta. That's a Nolan right there, dude. <laughs> yeah, we just got nolan Like Christopher Nolan? We should. Yeah. You should bring that. Is that already a thing? Do people already say that? Nolan? Yeah. I don't think so, but... Wow. Um... <laughs> Okay. This is how trends start on podcasts. Yes. So like we just did it. Wow. This oh, feels man. good. Guys, let's jump into something spicy. Let's go. What? We've been in the high volume business for a while now. And flex. Uh, well, um, we just wanted to share a few ways. Hmm. Maybe several. Five. Let's say five. Just five. Yeah, five maybe. awesome ways to absolutely crush a rush. Because so many coffee shops, they try to live on either side of the rush. You know, it's like, I just got to get through this rush. But we, and there's so many other people out there in the high volume game. Sometimes the day is just normal line yeah, all day and you're, you're rocking. So it's something you have to learn to live in, not get through. Mm, okay. Great point. Um, so let's, uh, let's walk through some awesome ways to crush a rush. First way. Clearly delegated roles. <gasps> what? What does that mean? What are roles? Ross, not dinner <laughs> roles, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I think about this concept of defaults. Oh, okay. I love that. So, like defaulting on a loan? Well, Jeez. I think about that sometimes, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Okay. Um, if you, you being a barista, know your job and know what your default responsibilities are, and you do those things, the operation should work well, right? Totally. If there is, there is this moment, 
uh, I, I can't remember if I said this on the program or not, mm. but last time I was on bar at Dunwoody, we were busy and we, I think we had a three or a four man team and I was noticing that we were crushing the rush while not speaking to each other whatsoever. We meaning like the staff. Like I didn't have to say anything to the expo. The expo didn't have to say anything to me. The concierge would say matcha or would say decaf espresso or whatever that is. But like whenever you are getting through a rush and you're just doing your job and not having to over communicate about things that you, it's a good sign that you have a set of default responsibilities that if you do those if you do those things you will succeed mm-hmm. and just to be clear you're not talking about not talking like you don't like each other of like, course you might be talking about the football game yeah during that well but like well yeah you're able to have fun instead of stressing about the you do this, you well do the this? cool thing is is we were able to talk to guests oh yeah if you are having to talk to your team too much, then it takes away time from talking to guests. Wow. And so if you're noticing when you're working behind the bar, you're telling somebody the same thing over and over, maybe you should just make that a default right. responsibility. Um, and we've gone gone through before on the program what our different roles are behind the bar, and it's not going to be one size fits all. Every operation is going to be different. We go for kind of an assembly line approach to drinks, like a Chipotle kind of Vibra or Moe's. I love to. Nope. <clears throat> no, no. Um, whereas some people, it makes more sense to have somebody who takes the orders, somebody who makes the drinks, then somebody who's like a catch-all, whatever yeah. it is. That that part doesn't matter. What matters is it's clearly communicated. Everybody knows their jobs, um, and you stick to it. Yeah, I think Lil B was on here using her, her phrase, own your zone. Just know what you're doing. Because a lot of times when we want to be helpful, we think we need to put more on our shoulders and that makes us start moving. It's like, oh, I could ask this person to run the drink. Oh, I'll just do it. Yep. It's like, well, that was their job. So now they aren't doing their job and now you're not doing your job, which is making drinks. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to be helpful and that's awesome, but you just ruined everything. It's, it's kind of the classic work smarter, not harder thing. Wow. You know, it's not just about going fast. Yeah. Moving, moving with speed is an essential part of crushing, crushing a rush. But if you're able to move with speed towards the things that you are meant to do, as opposed to just doing anything that pops up that you randomly think about, mm-hmm. you'll get much farther. Big time. Number two. Number two. Number two. This one's a little more niche, but specifically if you have someone uh, in what we call brewer position or someone who's making espresso, when that line starts to build, don't just wait for espresso drinks to come in because you're going to be making a lot of espresso drinks. Uh, so I know our head coach in Dunwoody Mikey has a shorthand of seeing how many people are in line and just start prepping and ripping that many espressos. Yeah, here's a myth busted for you guys because I know that you two really believe this. <laughs> the espresso doesn't die. What? It doesn't die after you pull it. Okay. I understand if you want to pull an espresso and you want it to be extremely ripe and fresh if someone orders an espresso or even a macchiato or a cortado. You want a really ripe, fresh espresso. Mostly for temperature's sake. Uh, exactly. It's for, it's, it is 
98% for, no, 90% for temperature, 10% for visual. Like the the color? Yeah, because the crema dissipates if it sits for too long. But we have done extensive testing of, and we have, that's true, Yeah, of an espresso that was pulled a minute versus 30 seconds versus, I'm not talking about how long it pulled, I'm talking about how long it's been sitting. Uh, versus 10 minutes 15, in lattes, 20. ice lattes, and there is no difference. So you can confidently pull that spro, and you know that you're not going to waste it. I know I'm the, the colloid guy here, so I'll just take that roll. Colloid corner. Um, you might be thinking, but what about you know old drip coffee? It's like that's getting old and overextracted because it's in a insulated air pot where it's still hot Mm -hmm. and so those micro coffee solids are continuing to extract in the air pot and unless you're putting your espresso in an air pot (laughs) i don't think you have anything to worry about because that room temp nothing's really changing besides temperature of the espresso sure it's still extracting but at such low rates oh and we've we've gone back and forth over the years of like do we like pulling a lot of espressos and letting them sit after they have been brewed or do we like to prep a lot of shots and tamp them before we brew them yep and in recent years we've erred on the side of prepping shots as opposed to just sorry prepping portafilters that are tamped and dry as opposed to just ripping a bunch of shots and then dumping them in drinks um which some people out there might be thinking, well, if your pore filter is not resting in your group head, then the vessel you're brewing into is maybe not warm. And I think a lot of times we will preheat the pore filter under the stream of water and then wipe it out. But even still, room temperature pore filter sitting over here versus if the pore filter was hot grinding into it, we haven't even really tasted any big difference in quality no. in that scenario personally and even if you do that, that's when you're getting into the nuance of like okay if you're brewing at home and this is your hobby sure keep all the variables at you know best practice but if there's a one percent difference in quality in a cafe environment where you're trying to get through a line that's out the door then you've got to kind of choose your lane we got that concept of prepping a lot of porta filters from a talk that uh kyle glanville did GNB was it him or Babinski? I forget. I don't know, but, <clears throat> but they're in, both of them. It's like an SC, basically an SCA Expo TED Talk. Of yeah, yeah, and they're in Grand Central Station in LA, um, which we've all been there, oh. obviously. Um, Is and that in LAX? It's in Lower Alabama, <laughs> uh, but it's as busy as can be. It's a three sixty bar, so there's it's there's customers on all sides and i think they have like four or five points of sale and so um that a concept we glean from from them is prepping as many portafilters as possible mm-hmm. uh and just getting them all in a line so that you can just be ready to rip mm. you guys ready for number three let's do it let's do it a little bit more of an infrastructure moment but it, it really is a game changer electronic tickets Ooh. I remember we've had a few cafe owners hang out with us at Valor before and they noticed our iPad sitting on top of the espresso machine. They're like, what? What is that? You guys watching Ted Lasso on there? or What's going on? Monday night football? 
highlights. Reruns. Reruns. <laughs> we watch football reruns. Reruns. Um, we T-vote it on the iPad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So most point of sales probably have some sort of compatible app that can send the order ticket to an auxiliary iPad. And you use that instead of printouts and stacking them up or in a row. I don't know the percentage breakdown of coffee shops that still do printout tickets, but I'm always surprised yeah. that I still see copious amounts of businesses doing that. It might mm. be most. Most or like writing on the cups or something. That's a really tricky system. To be fair, if you have really crappy Wi-Fi, might not be the best for you. That'd probably be my one caveat. Yeah. But ever since we connected to Ethernet on a register, we have zero problems with that but i mean the organization the like time the way it like categorizes by time and can kind of show you if you're behind or ahead it's a game changer green yellow and red yeah it is without a doubt worth i mean what could you get an ipad for on ebay a hundred dollars these days free uh but it's it's 100 percent worth i mean even just not having the ugly tickets strewed about the countertop that's that is huge, and or then like a ticket bar that you're, yeah, exactly. Or and, and then on top of that, you you see all your drink times in terms of color codes. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you know what the the stipulations are? It's green up until three minutes, and then from three to five, it's yellow, and then after five, it's red. Yeah, so that gives you some goals to never hit red. Gamifying your work. <laughs> and you can click off items on the ticket. Mm-hmm. So if you take care of the food, you can click that off out of sight, out of mind, and then move on to the drink, which you can't really do on a paper ticket unless you like cross it out with a Sharpie, but that's just more time. Yeah, for sure. So it really helps organizationally, for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of time can be saved from moving your hands around and dropping pieces of paper, and we're also dealing with liquids. Liquid and paper don't really get along too well. And again, what can you do to minimize unnecessary communication? Mm-hmm. Like if, if somebody is on support and they're taking care of food, Instead of bothering Expo, who's in the weeds, by saying, like, what was the food on that that ticket? Or, like, did you get the food already? Have defaults. Have, back to the first point, clearly designated roles and responsibilities where the support or whoever's handling food can just look over their shoulder at the kitchen display and be like, okay, that is not crossed off. That's the item. I don't need to communicate that. I can communicate other things, like, you look great today. Or talk to a guest or whatever it is. Where did you get that top? Yeah. Like, was it thrifted? Can I get it? No, it was thrifted. Um, any, anyway, so the kitchen display eliminates unnecessary communication, which is so valuable, especially during a rush. Mm. Number four. This one one is, uh, maybe a little subtle subdued, but I think it goes a really long way. One of the biggest time wasters in the cafe is trying to find the person that ordered the drink. Oh, boy. You know what I'm saying? How many of you out there have just taken like five laps around a cafe with Cali. a lukewarm drink Cali. in your hand? Oat cappuccino for Cali. Cali is a little too specific. It seems like you, that happened to you with a Cali. There's some hurt. Who There's hurt some you? Hurt. <laughs> Which Cali hurt you? They all did. No, uh, but that is a system thing but it's also a lot just on the person taking the orders in our world it's concierge concierge directing the guests because the guests 
aren't typically going to like maliciously stray, you know. Of course. But when you're swamped in a rush and you can't find the person, you're obviously probably thinking negatively of that situation of like, wow, why did they run away? But frankly, if you take our Alpharetta uh, cafe, for example, it's really small and we fill it up with people and there's probably someone that orders and they're like, there's a billion people in here. I'm just going to go stand outside. But then, you know, they're outside. Um, or in Dunwoody, we have like multiple areas that you could wait for your drink. So finding that right spot. So simple, just as a concierge, just to go above and beyond and not just take the order, but be like, hey, if you, okay, you got this to go. That's awesome. If you just go stand over there by the bar, like next to my friends, Ross and Joey, they'll be able to hang out with you and get your drink and all set up. Or it's like, oh, you have a dog? Hey, I'm going to mark this ticket as outside. So you feel free to go ahead and wait with your dog outside and we'll run this out to you. Oh, you're going to... Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think you can recover. Hey, you're going to 2B Whole Bakery, and you're going to be right back? All right, we're just going to put this drink on the espresso machine. Just come back and get it. It's just mm-hmm. that little extra intentionality I think can can save your team a lot of time. Yep. We actually mentioned this concept in our uh, our first cart podcast that we talked about earlier. But whenever you are having a recurring issue with guests it's easy to think that it's their fault because you might just think oh it's common sense or like oh we communicated it to you guest so why aren't you listening but whenever it's happening over and over it's actually on you to fix it whoa um back in the day when and just a little cart story we would ask people for two separate 110 circuits for our cart to plug into but She's nobody, twenty-two-year-old, like, like booking this for their wedding, and yeah, they're like, "What's a circuit?" And we were, like, realistically, they probably they're not a homeowner. Yeah, why would they know any of this? And we would get there, and they'd be like, "All right, <clears throat> do you guys need power?" <laughs> or we'd get there, and they'd be like, "Here's two outlets on one outlet. There's two plugs," and we're like, "No circuits." And so this this probably happened dozens. What every time. Mm, did it, did it ever work? And so it's easy for us to be like, we said it in the contract. You signed the contract. We're, we're going to leave. But, we said we would leave. But we're the common denominator here. Yeah. And so if you can't find people in your cafe and it's happening multiple days with multiple guests, like it's, it's on you. Big time. Yeah, true. I was having that thought when we were talking about that as well. Simple adjustment. Yeah. Number five. Number five. This one is huge. Think about when you've walked into a place and it's extremely busy, lying out the door, but it's dead silent and everyone has their head down. It makes the, or or even people are panicking. It makes the situation seem much more frantic, dire, awkward, bad. So tip five is be a thermostat. Because And what we mean by that is you set the tone of the space. So if you are head down, working, or stressed out, the tone of the space is going to be a stressful tone. If you are smiling, having fun with the team, having fun with the guests, then even just that wait in line during the rush is going to be much more, I don't know, just going to make more, it's going to, you're going to be like the people behind the bar. You're going to have maybe chat with the person that you came to the cafe with and have fun, like they're having fun. So if you feel stressed, you need to figure out a way to diagnose that stress mm-hmm. into send it away. 
Whoa. Well, when you're in line and the vibes behind the bar are frantic and stressed, you feel like I'm a part of the problem right now. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to make them more stressed. I'm just going to keep more my head burden. down. Uh, and the last thing you want is your guests to feel like an interruption or your guests to feel like they're just stressing you out. Um, one, there's so much that goes into being a, a, a good vibe in a cafe. I mean, that's like the whole reason we're in business is like, how do we make a good culture, a good feeling in the space? Um, but one of the acronyms that we've thought about over the years is dial D I A L D is don't panic. I is identify the problem. A is act and then L is learn. So whenever you're in a rush and there's something that is stressing you out, instead of just giving in to that stress, use that stress as a signal to yourself that something needs to be improved. Mm. Something needs to change. Something needs to be delegated. There's a pressure point here and for step one, don't panic. That's underrated because if you panic, then you can't do the next step, which is identify the problem. If we're having a bad time, but we are panicking, then you can't even see in front of your own face. You wow. can't see what's going on. Um, so and you can't solve a problem without identifying the problem and that can be hard to do. Like I just feel bad, you know, like that's not a, a, a step further, which is identifying the problem. So once you've identified the problem, you simply act and then you debrief and learn that's gone a long way because during rushes, especially when you first open, you are being exposed to all of the different ways that you need to improve your operation. Yeah. Um, and I, I see this a lot with wholesale partners when they open and they're like, okay, we've thought about our systems a good bit. We've invested in good equipment. We've got good people and we're ready to open like that. That's all great. And you, and you need to do that. But when that first rush hits, there's, there's got to be like 15 things that you're like, okay, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. And it's, it's a beautiful opportunity to, cause, cause you don't, those problems do not manifest themselves and you don't perceive those problems unless you are squeezed. And so with that pressure comes a opportunity. If you seize it, if you don't, then it's just stress and then I'm just overwhelmed and there's no growth and people just quit. Mm -hmm. But if you can not panic, identify the problem, act and then learn from that experience and then communicate that to the whole team on like what happened and how do we learn from it, then that you're, you're just going to grow for the rest of your time running the place. Communicates not a part of the acronym though, because DALC doesn't work. I don't think that's a word. Yeah, but Thinking about the crucible, you know, the rush is the fire. We're the metal. The fire ex melts the metal and exposes the impurities. Yeah. They rise to the top, and when mm. you have to whoop, fix them, yeah. wipe them away. Yeah, and you're gonna have that, especially when you're a new operation or old operation. We're thinking of ways to improve our crap all the time. But you know, with Dunwoody, we sat down and talked about this for weeks and weeks and months about mm -hmm. how we're going to have our flow and make drinks efficiently. And within the first week, we were like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. We need to change all this. Yeah. And we did. 
it was overwhelming for a while. It was like when, when we first opened, there were just so many things mm-hmm. that we had to communicate that we actually had to like pace ourselves on them. Yeah. Like it, there were too many things to communicate. So we had to like prioritize. Okay. One well, time. we can't, we can't fix all of these, but they all really need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But our team can't handle hearing like 20 things that are wrong on a base camp message because that none of them will get solved. Yeah. So taking them one at a time was effective though. Let's go into a little bonus of how to set the tone. If we're supposed to be the thermostat. What? Bonus? Yeah, well, we got to give the people what they want. Okay. How do you make the rush a little more hmm, fun? Because something on that, a little sub point is like, there's a rush because people want to be here. You know? It's not like this is the DMV. Sorry, DMV. But like everybody's getting in line because they want to go to Valor. They very much easily could go to a much faster coffee shop with a drive-through and get on their way. That will not be named. <laughs> um, so it's like channel that, you know, like know that these people want a good time and you can give it to them. Um, so that looks like playing fun music. It's you know working your butt off, but what Riley's saying is have fun, laugh, smile, and then there's like some cool things around. I remember I was really touched by one of my favorite coffee experiences going to Sidetrack, visiting David and the crew where I got up to concierge and there was like three ounces of drip waiting for me to sip on while I worked through the menu. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mm. this costs nothing, but it is so valuable. And I was like, I got to do this. So, you know, if you got a multi-person team and there's uh, like a support person, they don't have a ton to do until the orders start coming in. So it's like, hey, grab, you know, six, eight demis full of drip and just go walk through the line and see if anybody wants to sip on something. Mm. That's a game changer. Yeah. It's like how, just thinking outside of the box of like, it's not survival. Like, don't, if you always think about like a rush as a survival mode, just like, how do we get through this? How do we get through this? But it's like, how do we make this awesome? Mm-hmm. Thrival, sir, sir, thrival. Whoa. Was that better than um, Noland or Dalk or Dalk? Uh, yeah, I. The, the thing about coffee shops compared to some other businesses is people don't associate a line with a good thing. I think, and we've always been, you know, I, I don't know. I've admittedly always been annoyed by that because, especially if the line moves fast, it's just like, yeah, we're a coffee shop that people like to come to, and we make a good product, and so we have a line. Uh, in comparison to, you know, like me and Michaela went to Tartine in San Francisco and there was just a line of like 70 people that we had to wait in. And no one's complaining about that line. It's just like, this is one of the best bakeries in the world. Of course it's going to have a line that's around the corner. So, but one way or another, you know, what you were saying earlier, if you have, if you're running into the same problem over and over again, you can't expect people to change their mind. You have to figure out the things that, uh, you, you know, so especially in Alpharetta, in some ways, you know, you, you reach a ceiling of volume. Mm-hmm. And, and when you reach that ceiling, you have to be like, you know, how can I improve the experience in other ways? Or how can we maybe raise the ceiling a la Chick-fil-A with their drive-through process or whatever? Uh, so, you know, for us, it's like, okay, let's heighten the experience of waiting in the line. You know, we're talking about maybe 
creating this new position of like a captain who walks out and is playing games with people in the line or handing out the drip or something of those sorts. <laughs> you know, if you uh, beat me in rock, paper, scissors, you get to move to the front of the line. You can skip all these <laughs> yeah. fools. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think another part of uh, making the line experience better is simply staying on top of dishes. Whoa. Mm. And that speaks to a bigger idea, which is if you have a rush and you know that there's going to be a rush, don't be afraid to staff up because when you staff up and then those people have delegated responsibilities, then the whole experience is going to get better. Um, and it's important to stay on top of labor per, labor percentage. And I'm not saying just get as many people there as possible, especially with coffee. Um, but if if there's a huge line and there's dishes piling up, it's it's simple, but it's it's a bad look. And again, it goes back to that uh, guests feeling like they're a part of the barista's problems, mm. <clears throat> which is just if we're trying to make people feel good, uh, people like guests giving us their money and then them feeling bad for that isn't all too familiar feeling. You don't um, really want to go back to a place like that. Yeah. Mm. That's some good stuff right there. That's, yeah. Thanks for walking us through all that, guys. I you think. walked us through it, guy. Guy. 5.5 ways to crush a rush. Ooh, five and a half ways to crush a rush. Mm. Brought to you by the Valor Coffee Podcast. How do we learn this? <sighs> I, I was thinking about that. I mean, is it all just trial by fire? I, I talked about earlier that talk Kyle Glanville. I mean, we've uh, we've picked up a lot of different, very helpful tips throughout the years from watching people. Um, I, I on that side of things, I would say the best way to learn things like this is going to coffee shops or just service experiences in general and watching what goes wrong, mm. because <clears throat> a bad feeling almost sticks with you more than a good feeling. And in those settings, you remember, you know, just like we're talking about this whole time. Um, But other people's shortcomings are inspiring Mm -hmm. in that way because you're like, we can we can do this better. Yeah. But I think most of this is is just what we were saying earlier, which is having a rush, our systems being exposed and then us course correcting. Mm -hmm. But in as many ways as possible. We, we want to help you not have to go through as much of the hurt, pain, hoopla. hoopla, as we had to. So that's why we're doing this podcast, and that's Aww. why we're going to start our community for, for to, to you know put out the spreadsheet we about need a the catering operation. VC. The community. We're going to have to name it because you dropped the whole landing page bit. So. Yeah, so. Valor Coffee Community College. <laughs> but if you have an idea for the name, Comment it below. Maybe we'll change it to your name for our community. And we'll give you a coffee bean. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This was fun. Love you. Love y'all.